Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. When we are pursuing the things of God, other people don't see that change immediately. But if you will stick with it and you will continue to do what God's asking you to do, they will see that change. Why do we abandon people? Because of the way they talk, or the way they dress, or their actions. We gotta look through the actions. And when we are led by the Spirit, God will change the heart, which will eventually turn into something you can see with the physical eyes. But we gotta start in the spiritual. We have to see these things with spiritual eyes if we ever wanna see a change in people. Do you ever feel like you're being pulled in 10 different directions at the same time? And then with everything life throws at us, We're trying to follow Christ's example and help our communities. In addition, we don't always know how we're supposed to help people. Should we always give money? Or are there times when it's okay not to give money? The truth is it can be confusing unless we follow the example of Jesus. In today's sermon, we'll look at the best ways to impact our culture for Jesus by listening to the Holy Spirit first. And following God does take obedience. But all of a sudden, he's introducing me to another realm that I have not experience since my youth and and feeling that tangible all-inspiring presence and like dad will tell you i'm not trying to chase the emotional part of it but it's what happens after i feel that it's what happens when i get that tangible feeling the boldness and the confidence that just swells up to go and just say what god wants me to say and so i just encourage you all to just step out and trust god you saw me waving the flag this morning and i guarantee you that was not on my agenda or my plan. I've been working hard on getting rid of this embarrassment factor. I went Monday night to a, a, well, it turned into a prayer session. It was really a men's fellowship. We ate chili and everything, but we turned it into a prayer session. And one of the guys was praying over me. He said, I just break fear off of you. And I said, fear? So, oh, well, he missed it, but you know, it's okay. I, I, I appreciate him for trying. And as I really began to think about that, he was right. Because my fear comes through that embarrassment factor. I don't want, I, I'll tell you right up, I don't mind falling out in the spirit as long as it's God. But in my heart, I'm really protecting against falling out in the spirit. You know, I'll tell you I trust God for this and that, but in my heart, I'm really protecting against things. And so waving that flag is definitely one of those factors for me. I just, it's not real manly. <laughs> Which is not true, obviously. I hope you do know that. But that's what goes through my mind. And so it's that embarrassment factor. However... However, the things that he has done to me over this last month, month and a half, I am learning how to, dad said it this morning, and I think he stole it from me, I don't know. Uh, I'm learning how not to chicken out. And I'm trying to just act when I have that feeling instead of thinking about it, because when I start thinking about it too long, I sure do talk myself out of doing things. And so I brought the flag up here just in case, because there's a part of me that, that says God may be asking me, I don't know, I may be preaching and waving it, I don't know, I just... But I can tell you this right here, I have definitely determined in my heart that I'm going to trust him and I'm going to step out even if it would seem embarrassing because I have experienced God in a whole new way and I can't explain it. Amen? Yeah, you give God praise. I tell you that not to give me praise. I tell you that to encourage you to say, look, you can have this too. You can be a part of what God's doing. 
You can be a part of what he's doing. I told you that I, I no longer confess that I have an addiction to food. And I want you to know this last week, God definitely had me in his uh, hands and I had a fantastic week. I, I, I ate healthy. I prayed more. I, I, I sought God more. And it, and it translated into me making much better choices. And so I, I tell you that I'm no longer confessing that I'm addicted to that. I'm no longer con- addicted to food. But through my addiction to Jesus, he is going to control that. The reason I bring that up is this right here. A lot of times we don't see the physical change, so we doubt what's going on. So I tell you that because if you look at last week's video in my size compared to this week's video in the size, you're probably not going to see a change at all. Now, my scale tells me that I'm lighter, okay? And I know my eating habits have changed, and I know that if I'll continue this, you fast forward, much like Dad has experienced, a year from now, it will show a physical change. Why did I bring that up? Because a lot of times when we are pursuing the things of God, Other people don't see that change immediately. But if you will stick with it and you will continue to do what God's asking you to do, they will see that change. Many of you know that I love to joke around. And I love to be a smart aleck. That's the way my mama raised me. That's who my mama is. And I love it. But God has been changing that. And it's not that he's been telling me that joking around is wrong. I I just don't think about it as much. There are other things I'm interested in. And I'll still tell a funny story and I'll still tell jokes. And, you know, you guys have laughed a few times already. But something's different. And I think many of you have come up to me and said that. So, again, I'm just trying to reiterate that that change started a month or so ago. And a lot of people are just now seeing that change. So a lot of us are in that point. And what I prayed today is for fresh touch, fresh anointing, fresh fire, what happens to us is the same thing that happened to me. I have, I have definitely loved God my, my, pretty much my whole life. And I have done the things of God. And I have been obedient. I've been a servant. But I don't know that I have been chasing God or pursuing him with that passion. And since I started doing that, I, I'm telling you, man, I have been experiencing him on a whole different level. So I want to encourage you. Don't stop short. Don't stop short. God's calling you to do something, don't chicken out. Don't chicken out. And don't react based on what your physical eyes are seeing. We've been talking about seeing in the spirit. What's what's your spirit feel? What's your spirit saying? Yesterday, God allowed me to be a part of something that that I have not been a part of in a long, long time. When I say that, Dad has moved tremendously, and I've seen God just use him so much. But I, I don't feel like I have been used that way. My grandfather will tell you, Papa Herman, that when I was kind of learning how to speak out and and speak what God had given me, he would say, sometimes I just get a word, like literally one word, but I just speak that word out and then all of a sudden it starts flowing. I said, okay, I don't know how to do that. And so I want you to know that yesterday that happened for the first time in my life and I would go up to somebody that wanted prayer And Monday night, God showed me something through one of the pastors there. And again, I'm telling you all this stuff because if you can pick up from what's been happening to me, I mean, it's it's not rocket science. You you can do this too. And I'm just observing. And the pastor, I noticed, wasn't going right up and praying for people. He was right next to him, but he was waiting. He was praying to God and, and listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying. And then when he would get something, then he would pray. And so I put that into action yesterday for, for probably the first time. And the first guy I prayed for, man, it flowed very, I mean, it just, 
it just ripped out. It wasn't just a one word. It was like sentences just pouring. But after I prayed for a couple guys, about the third one, I, I felt empty. I was like, I, I don't know if I have anything for this guy. But I'm telling you, just like, just like Grandam was telling me, I'd wait. I'd sit there, and God would just give me one word. I said, okay, Lord, I'll give it a shot. And sure enough, man, I'd start that word. Bam, it would just start flooding me. I've never, ever felt that before in my life. I've never, ever operated that way in my life. And so what I'm telling you is just step out in faith. I'm telling you from two different angles here. You ready? Maybe you're the one that's sharing with somebody else, and they're just not getting it, and they're just not hearing it. And so the the advice is keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. I've told you several people that are dragging me places. But they keep on asking, and they keep on asking. And finally, I relented and went, and thank God I finally relented and went. And I'm mad at myself because if I'd have relented two years ago, I might have been a lot further along in this process. I don't know. So you might be the one trying to get somebody there, and people aren't responding. Be encouraged. You just keep stepping out in faith. And if somebody is trying to speak to you, listen to what they're saying and submit it to the Holy Spirit. Amen? You just God works so many ways. It's so, so amazing. I wanted to continue talking to you today about impacting our culture for Jesus. And the things I've just shared with you go right along with that because the more passionate we are about God, the more filled up we are, the easier it is to go witness to people. Because not only do you have that boldness and that confidence, but you have that leading of the Spirit. And that's the part we want to talk about today is being led by God. We've been talking in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 36 through 39, it says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what we've really been working on is loving our neighbor as ourself. But like we talked about, it starts with pursuing God, loving God first. And I'm going to tell you the best way that we can impact our culture for Jesus is to follow his example. That is the best way to impact our culture. Simply do what he already laid out when he walked the earth. The blueprint that he set for us is all we have to do. So I want to take you through several scriptures. And again, if you'll bear with me, I'm I'm going to bring it all together towards the end of this. And then if you'll hang in there, I'm going to give you another testimony uh, from Monday night and what God just really did uh, for me to to boost my, my faith. And I want to start in Luke chapter 4, the 16th verse. I'm sorry, the 18th verse. This is when Jesus had come and And uh, from my understanding, this is when he actually started his public ministry. And what I found interesting about that is when you read the 16, verse 16 and 17, it says that Jesus came into the synagogue like he always did. So this wasn't the first time he'd gotten up and read the word, but shortly after he read this time is when he went out and started performing miracles and feeding people and doing different things, okay? So he says, as he reads from the book of Isaiah, they said the hand in the book of Isaiah, and this is what he reads. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. If that's what Jesus was called to do, and we follow his example, then that's what we are called to do as well. You look over in Matthew, the 14th chapter, and this is right after he had received news that John the Baptist had died and it, it affected him. It says at the very beginning, it says he withdrew and went to be by himself. You know, sometimes we need to withdraw and be by ourselves. 
Now, I believe that wasn't by himself alone. I believe he was getting with the Father. And there are other scriptures that are way more direct about that, where it says he, he went to be alone with the Father. There are times we need to withdraw. That's an act of compassion, taking care of ourselves to make sure we can pour back out into somebody. It is just as important for you to get poured into as it is for you to pour out. If you keep giving and giving and giving, but you never get filled back up, you will eventually run dry. So you sometimes have to withdraw. But then the people gathered around so much, and it says he came back, and the first thing it says, he had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion. We've got to have compassion for people. We can't look at all the physical issues that they have. And I'm not just talking about sick and blind. I'm talking about the attitudes, the, the negative attitudes, all the different uh, mocking and different things like that towards our God. We have to have compassion on people if we want to reach them. And then it says he healed the sick. And later that evening is when we read about the miracle of the, the five loaves and two fishes. And he fed over 5,000 people there. That was an act of compassion that Jesus had. We have to have those same acts. In fact, uh, if you look, th this scripture is very popular later in Matthew where he tells us, he says, uh, you'll inherit the kingdom of God because you did these things to even the least of these. Remember he talked about when you were hungry, you fed me. He said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And when I was a stranger, you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. In prison, you came to me. And they responded, Lord, when, when did we do these things? And he said, when you did it to the least of these. So we are supposed to reach out to our community and to our neighborhood. But I would submit to you that we don't need to reach out with just the food, the physical food, the physical drink, the physical visitation of saying, hey, how you doing? Come on in. We need to not only feed somebody and make their belly full, we need to feed their spirit too. We don't need to just give them drink to quench their thirst. We need to give them the spirit we need to talk to them about Jesus. We need to be ministering and sharing the gospel because that's the only ultimate satisfaction we will ever get in this life is when we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not enough to just go visit the sick. If you go visit somebody that's sick, that's great. But if you miss an opportunity to impart the gospel to them and share the gospel to them, we've stopped short. We have to share the gospel whenever God opens that door. And people will respond to that. I told you before, one of the things we, we always said in teaching was, you know, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. A lot of times that is the gateway. That is the door. You meet a physical need and it opens the door for you to be able to talk to people about the gospel, to share the gospel with them. But the key to all of that is being led by the Spirit. John, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 14, this is where Philip is talking to Jesus. And he says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? First of all, I think that happens. And I, I said that and didn't even realize it until just now. I told you that I have walked with the Lord pretty much my whole life. And yet, sometimes I'm like Philip here. I don't even recognize him. I don't even realize it. I'm not seeing who he really is. Sometimes we can, we can get so focused on being obedient and, and just checking the list off. And, and trying to do it with a good heart, not just trying to get into heaven, but doing it because we were told to do that, but we still miss God. We still miss Jesus in that situation. It goes on to say, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Listen to this key here. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. It goes on to say in verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. He said it again. 
He's trying to get us repetition, tell us over and over again. Otherwise, believe because of the works of themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. But I can tell you something right now, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. We chicken out. We chicken out for fear of embarrassment. He says, greater works than these he will do. Because I go to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That right there is another key part. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I'm going to show you another one. Got a couple more of these. In Acts, the second chapter, I think you're familiar with Peter's famous sermon. So let me just summarize. The first thing that happened was they were in the upper room in prayer. And the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind, it says. And then it says they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. It didn't say they just willy-nilly got up and just started saying things. They got up and spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. And then Peter got so on fire because he was hearing some of the things people were saying that he, he got that, that fire to just preach his first sermon. Probably didn't even know he was going to preach it, but the Spirit got all over him. And he preached such a good sermon that it says uh, about 3,000 were added that day. About 3,000. I would love for us to add 3,000 souls in one message. 3,000 souls, amen, in one day. But again, the key there is it says that they were, uh, the Holy Spirit filled them, and then they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. Flip over to the, uh, the next couple of verses right after this happens. So this takes you through verse 41, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, right after this happens. It says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. I, I submit to you that they didn't just do that out of just obedience. The Spirit was moving so strong on them, that was what they, they, they were led to do. They sold the possessions, they gave to the needy. My confusion, I think, came with when do I give money, when do I not give money, when do I give food, when do I not give food, Lord? And so what I'm, what I'm trying to take you through today is all the different ways that God has, has done stuff. So the next scripture I want to read you really, really spoke to me because we see Jesus feeding 5,000, but we also see him healing people, you know, performing miracles. And he says that I came to set the oppressed free, to release the captives. He didn't come just to feed bellies with physical food. He came to spread the gospel. So look at what happens in Acts chapter 3. Now, we just finished up Acts chapter 2. They just sold their possessions to give to the needy, right? This is the story of the, the crippled man at the gate beautiful. And, and the first thing it says, and I always remember the King James Version. We sang the hymn before. Uh, I think that was one of Grandam's favorites. But it says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They performed a miracle. But listen to what they said. They said, we don't have silver and gold. Scriptures right before that said they sold all their possessions to give to the needy. Don't you think if they, they wanted to, they could have put their hands on some money to give to this guy? But look what it says here in verse, verse uh, 8. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, 
And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Here we go, verse 9. Verse 9, if they give him money, he's fed and taken care of for that one moment. But they performed a miracle in Jesus' name. And in verse 9, it tells you that all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. They knew who he was. They knew he was crippled. They knew he wasn't faking it. So how is this guy now running and leaping and praising God? And then it says they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, if you go on and read the rest of those uh, verses in that chapter, it turns out that they come and ask Peter and John about this. Who did this? And they tell them the same one that you chose to have crucified, which tells me a couple of things. Number one, hopefully they had a sense of awe right there to realize, oops, we made a mistake. And thank God there is a God that will forgive us for that mistake. But it also tells me that God didn't abandon them. He performed this miracle through Peter and John so that they might know him too. So if God is not willing to abandon any of his, his people, including the ones that voted to get him crucified, why do we abandon people? Because of the way they talk or the way they dress or their actions. We got to look through the actions. And when we are led by the Spirit, God will change the heart, which will eventually turn into something you can see with the physical eyes. But we got to start in the spiritual. We have to see these things with spiritual eyes if we ever want to see a change in people. I was talking to Kevin Buchanan last night, and we were talking about some of the laws that are on the books, and we both agreed that it doesn't matter what laws you pass in this country or any other country. If you don't change people's hearts, and let me rephrase that, if God doesn't change people's hearts, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. And the reverse of that is true as well. If God does change their hearts, you don't need the laws at all. Because when God gets a hold of us, our lives are forever changed for the better. One other one that really struck me, again, with, these, with the miracles, because, again, we have lots of, lots of people that walk the streets down here, lots of homeless, uh, lots of people that are in need. And sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. And I, I, mean, I don't mean that like I know that if I feed them, that's fine. But I, like, I want to go deeper. I want to go further. And so I'm reading these scriptures, and, and then I come across John in the ninth chapter, and the disciples and Jesus come across a man that's been blind since birth. And they immediately say, who sinned? The blind man or his parents? There was no third option. They just knew that if he was blind, he must have done something wrong. Now think about this. How many times do we do that too? You must be in the predicament you're in because you did something wrong. Job's friends quickly went to that at some point in time, didn't they? Job, you must be in this predicament because of something you did wrong. You better repent and find out what it was. But what did, what did Jesus say? He said, it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Let me tell you why that challenged me. God allowed this man to be blind from birth. How many times do we hear people talk about it, that God is cruel to allow this or that? He's cruel to send people to hell. He's cruel, he's cruel, he's cruel. First of all, we're not God. So even if we don't agree with him, it, it doesn't really matter. We don't have a choice in that particular matter. But thank God we serve a mighty God that does give us a choice to choose him. And that is ultimately what he is going after. He wants us to choose him. And sometimes things happen simply so that his mighty works would be on display. So just because you pray for somebody and they don't get healed right then doesn't mean you should quit. 
doesn't mean you should stop believing. Doesn't even mean that you did something wrong or they did something wrong. Just may not be the time. But if we'll be led by the Spirit, we'll know the time. And those miracles will happen. Those signs and wonders will fall. Let me summarize what I've already told you, and then I want to tell you a testimony about how this has been operating and how God has been, been doing this in my life. The key to all of this is being led by God. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I, he, he has anointed me. Then later he tells Philip, he says, it's the Father living inside of me, and it's his works. Then the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. They were led by God. Even Jesus was led by God. Talks about the works of God being displayed. And the one I really love is when they sold all the possessions, as I told you in Acts chapter 2. It says, they were filled with a sense of awe. A sense of awe. That's that tangible feeling that you get when you know the presence of God is around and all over you. Monday night, I went down with a group of friends. And I rode with three other people. Uh, we went down to Forsyth. We thought we were going to a, a prayer meeting. It, it ended up being a men's fellowship, and it was a chilly cook-off. But one of the guys I'm with just wasn't having that. So he talked to the pastor, and we turned it into a prayer meeting. <laughs> we ate chili. We had a good time. We declared a winner. We voted. We did all that stuff. And when we got done, the, the, the leader of the men's group, you could tell he started to say, man, I'm so glad you guys came. And the pastor immediately said, hold up, we're not done. And so they cleared all the tables, and we began to have prayer. And although I'm a little hesitant uh, with being embarrassed, I'm learning to just step out and trust God and see what he does. And so as I began to pray for people, uh, he brought a group over, and I tried to slide in with that group, and he called me out told me I couldn't. He said, you stand to the side, we'll deal with you in a minute. <laughs> okay, so he began to pray for me, and one of the things I've really been seeking and, and, and wanted to be a part of is a healing. I want to be a part of a healing because what's happening to me is the further and further I get from the last healing that I saw or witnessed or can honestly tell you that happened, the more I start to doubt, the more my faith starts to get challenged. And I don't want that. I know God still does healings today. And so I've been begging God, please, God, I can't even remember the healings that I was around as a kid. Lord, I can't tell you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm questioning. So they pray for me. Spirit falls. It was a phenomenal time. Well, right before prayer happened, one of the guys we were with, as we're sitting down at the table, I noticed his hand is kind of curled up like a disability. I didn't think anything about it. We ate chili. Well, as I'm sitting there after they pray for me, I feel like God says, go pray for that young man and he'll get healed right now. Well, hot dog. I'm about to step out in faith, buddy. I want to see a healing miracle. Except as I'm looking around the room for the young man, I find him and I look as I go to take the first step. I notice his hands are just fine. They're not curled up or anything. And I chicken out. I said, man, I can't believe that. So we get in the car, and man, I'm just, I'm mad at myself now. I really am, because, you know, here I am wanting to see miracles, and I'm just scared. For what? For, for something, I don't know. I don't even know why. So we get in the car, and I apologize to the guy. I tell him, I said, look, you know, I feel like God asked me to pray for you, that he was going to heal you. Matter of fact, I don't even know, do you even have a disability in your hand? He goes, well, no, not, I don't. I said, see, I even missed that, God. I, I don't know. I just, he thinks about it, friend. He goes, well, I did hurt my wrist. Back in eighth grade, I said, well, the wrist is close enough to the hand, you know. And I said, well, either way, I just want to apologize. I, I should have stepped out in faith. Please forgive me. He says, no problem. Pray now. He's in the back seat and he shoves his hand forward. I mean, it's in my nose. Like, it's right there. And I'm thinking, 
you don't understand. I don't feel like the Spirit's on me here for this anymore. And he's going, pray. I'm trying to tell him, brother, I, I don't have it right. He said, pray. I said, yes, sir. So I'm obedient. I pray. I pray as hard as I can with everything that's inside of me. I call every word out I can think of for healing. I get done. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. We drop him off. Now, I'm still holding out hope that maybe something's happened now, and I just hadn't talked to him recently, but nothing. Okay, well, I, I, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not going to give up. So as we ride down the road a little further, the other guy that's with us, we start talking about what a great time it is, and he goes, well, unfortunately, I kind of had a different experience. He said, man, I was good until we started praying, and then all of a sudden my back started hurting, and I can't even hardly stand up. <laughs> yes, I get a second chance. Can I pray for you, brother? <laughs> he says, yeah. And he holds my hand, and I pray. Here I go again. I pray as hard as I can with all the words I know, and I'm praying to the Spirit, and I'm asking God, heal him, Lord, heal him. And I get done, and, and, and the guy that's driving, he says, uh, he says, well, how do you feel? And the guy pauses, and he says, be honest. It's okay. And he goes, well, nope, it's not better. Man. So, but he won't let my hand go. So I begin to pray for him again. I pray for him again. We get back to the house where the guy's car is, and, uh, and the other guy driving wants to pray as well, but he hadn't been able to because he's driving, okay? So we get done. His back's still killing him. It's still hurting bad. So he gets out, and I, he don't invite me to come to prayer. I just get out of the car and join him. I'm just like, I, I want to see a healing God. So he prays for him. He prays as hard as he can. He gets done, and he goes, any better? And the guy does the typical thing that people do when they don't want to hurt your feelings. He says, that's a little better. Let me translate that for you. No I just don't want to hurt your feelings. And so I'm going, Lord, I just don't understand, God. I mean, I'm really, I really want to see you move. I know you move, Lord. I don't understand. Well, then something happens that I have experienced many times in my life. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'll get around people. They'll just start confessing things they didn't mean to share. I've told you before, we went to eat one time in a restaurant, and the young lady started sharing so much, it scared her so bad she wouldn't come see us for the next month. She wouldn't wait on us. She wouldn't say hey to us because she couldn't understand what caused her to just share like that. Well, all of a sudden, this guy starts doing that. Now I'm excited because now I understand this now. I know where we're at. And I just encourage him. And he, he begins to share more. He begins to pour his heart out. All of a sudden, tears start flowing. He starts saying things like, I don't know why I'm being so transparent. I chuckle and pray that he doesn't see me chuckle because I don't want to embarrass him. But I know why he's being so transparent. God is moving on him right now, even if he don't understand it. And right in the middle of him sharing or, you know, just pouring his heart out, God says to me, his back's not hurting anymore. I don't think two things about it. And I definitely don't want to interrupt him because he's, he's pouring out, and I know you don't want to stop that flow. So I think nothing about it. I know why God told me that now because it did two things. One, it proved that I was hearing God's voice because the next thing I heard out of this guy's mouth, as he's continuing to talk about the things going on in his life, he goes, well, on another note, my back doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> I said, praise God. I said, so we continue ministering to him. We get done. I mean, we're there in the driveway 45 minutes. And we've already been in Forsyth. It's, it's late. It's late. But God's moving. We don't want to stop it. So we get done with everything, go home that night. I sleep really well that night. By the way, I'm just going to tell you, man, when you get in the presence of God, you've had the best sleep you've ever had in your life. I had some phenomenal sleep that night. And I got up the next morning, and it's like God hit me like a ton of bricks. And he said, you know you were a part of a healing last night. I said, I was? Where, God? He said, you prayed that that man's back would get healed, and it got healed. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. And my faith just began to raise. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, praise him right now. 
So not only did that young man get his back healed, but I got my faith boosted because I've been seeking this. Well, all of a sudden, once that happened, I don't know if God had cut off my memory banks on purpose. I don't know what the deal was. But all of a sudden, things started flooding back in that I started remembering things that have happened to me in the past and healings I've been a part of. You know, and I, I get to dad and he reminds me and shares with me, granddad prayed for a guy one time, had a, a tumor or something, a physical tumor in his body that was just, granddad prays for him. They go along their way years later, not days, not weeks. He runs into dad, tells dad, hey, how's your dad doing? Talking about granddad. He says, you know, he prayed for me and that thing went away. <laughs> dad said, did you call him and let him know? You don't even think about it. So here's granddad who's prayed for a guy out of faith and doesn't even know that God has performed the miracle. The reason I bring that up is to say God's reminding me that just because I don't see that healing right then doesn't mean it didn't take place. Amen? God's telling you that just because you don't see that healing right there in your physical eyes doesn't mean it didn't take place. We've got to continue to step out in prayer. We've got to continue to step out in faith. And I'm telling you, God is going to do some mighty awesome things. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.